What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Four Verse Podcast. Uh, this past weekend was week zero for college football, and it was it was a nice little appetizer. Um, but really, mostly what it did was just increase the anticipation for this coming weekend. Uh, but finally, it's game week, so we're here to break down the upcoming games this weekend. So let's get it. <laughs> Week one, it's uh, it's time. College football is here officially. So, uh, week one matchups. Sid, give me give me something about the Tech uh, Northern Illinois game. Yeah, tell me tell me where exactly. Well, I guess we know where Northern Illinois is, but tell me something about them. Anything uh, at all? They haven't won since I think November 16, twenty nineteen. So they played. Uh, they played. They played last year. So um, rough go for those boys last year. Uh, this game should be – we're definitely at the point in Jeff Collins' tenure where this should be third quarter, mid-third quarter, you know, you're down the depth chart, getting guys some burn, getting guys some some play. Um, offensively, I feel like we should be able to run the ball. Our, our offensive line is much better. Um, obviously, with our stable running backs, we should be able to move the ball. I don't think we'll have a problem scoring. I think that was the problem we had earlier uh, when we were playing – Teams as such, um, when we couldn't score, it just, I mean, we were finding ourselves in tight games with teams we shouldn't have been, so, or, or losing games that we shouldn't have been losing. Um, I won't bring that specific game up. But anyways, um, this one I, I really don't think should be a problem. I hope it's not going to be a problem. Um, I know that the guys are definitely focused. They're good reports coming out of um, practice this week, and uh, I think the guys are ready to go. So, Defensively, I don't um, don't necessarily anticipate a bunch of problems. I think secondary should be much better. It'll be exciting to see what the rotation looks like. I'm really interested to see what the secondary looks like. I think I know what the defensive line will look like and linebacker for the most part. But um, the secondary can be uh, – there's probably a lot of different ways they can roll those guys in the back end. So I'm excited to see what we look like. Um, I know Jeff's been a little bit more hands-on with those guys this year and his defense. So um, I'm excited to see maybe the, the progress we've made there. And some of these younger guys, like Malik Rutherford, um, he's been looking really good as a freshman in the slot. They say he's just really hard to guard, fast, quick, good route runner. So um, really excited to see him. And then uh, also, I mean, Hopefully Jeff's not playing much in the second half so we can get some some younger guys in, maybe get Jordan Yates some playing time. The offense is different when he's in for sure. We have to do a lot of more motion, roll the pockets. He's shorter. Um, but I do kind of want to see what he has to offer. And then the, the uh, freshman we brought in from last year. So uh, other than that, I mean, it's really kind of not much to talk about with this Northern Illinois team. Like I said, they haven't uh, haven't won a game in a while. So, uh, 
really just got to take care of business. Give me your, uh, give me your player of the game for tech. I mean, I'm going to have to go with Jameer. I, I really think it's going to be one of those games where he goes for a quick 200 and a couple scores and we pull him. Um, I think he's going to get 60, 70% of the snaps. The other guys are going to fight for snaps the rest of the year. Um, really? Yeah. I, that's, you don't that's, think Jordan Mason will eat up a lot of them? No, I, I think Jameer will get 60, at least 60% of the snaps. Jordan Mason will probably get a good majority of those, and then Dante and Jemias are going to have to fight. But, I mean, Jemias is healthy, looking good. He's looked the best he's looked since he's been on campus. So you might see more of him and – him and Jordan a little bit more of the same style. Jemias is a little bit smaller frame, a little bit more elusive, quicker, but they both are more power backs. So, um, yeah, I think Jemias is going to get a lot of carries. He's going to get a lot of time. I don't – We they won't, they're saying they won't put him back at return man. Um, I think he's electric back there. I mean, hell, his first one in college, he almost took back to the house against UCF last year. But I, I don't think they want to run the risk of getting him hurt there unless they need him. They say if they need, like, a spark or something, they'll put him back there. So, interested to see right. what that looks like. But Sounds like what we did with Travis Etienne. After his freshman year, he never returned unless we just needed it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, or I like think he's – like a big game, he'll, he'll take the opening kickoff or something, but – Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he's a home run threat. I mean, if he's standing back there, I mean, he's, he's definitely a threat to take off and take it to the crib, but um, – I think that's only going to be a as-needed deal. So, yeah, I'd say he's right, he's so, most likely to be your player of the game. Okay, so I guess before we get too deep into this, give me one backup on defense you're uh, you're looking forward to seeing. Maybe a new guy. Uh, Trinelius Tatum for sure. Hearing a lot about him. Um, they say he looks like a a man in a, in a 18, 19 year old kid's body. Uh, but he just – they say he's ready to roll and he's really picking up on things, playing at a much faster pace than when he first got here. Um, looks like he's ready to go. So I'm really interested to see him. He's really the first, like, true high-rated linebacker we've had in here in a while. So that's exciting to see, uh, get that true linebacker play instead of kind of – we've had a lot of guys that maybe used to play nickel or maybe used to play safety and they play close to the line or – just guys that were not necessarily fits for our system, but a Trinelius definitely fits that, that prototypical linebacker frame and instincts and all that. So I'm ready to see him. You think he's a guy that might work his way on the field as the season goes on? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think our coach preaches, our coaching staff actually preaches like being able to roll guys, um, having plenty of depth, you know, they, they do the whole above the line shit. I mean, Really, all that right. is all that is is just their way of not having to put out a depth chart. But it's more so if you know if you're above the line, they trust you to be out there on the field. So they try to get as many of those guys out there that they trust that they can put in there. So um, I think it's ideal that if you can roll that many linebackers, you can do it. Keep guys fresh. That's what we need. Um, we've been thin at that position for a while. But uh, yeah, I definitely could see him being someone that could step in and, and get a bunch of catch a bunch of playing time and contribute during during the season and, and, and increase his snaps as the season goes on. Jacob, you got anything? 
Yeah, so I was just going to say, you know, Northern Illinois is, is obviously not a very good team. You said they've lost the last however many game they played. Um, <clears throat> so it should be a pretty easy win for y'all. But what's something, you know, that you would like to see in this game that you could maybe, maybe uh, take and learn from? All right, definitely I want to see that the, the progress with the offensive line. I mean, we're not going to see, like, you know, just a brutal front. But I want to see that the offensive line is we're not – Pre-snap penalties, we don't have a ton of. I mean, that was killer last year. Uh, people are on the same page. Um, then when it comes to Jeff, taking care of the mesh and the read. I mean, we had so many times where you know, they just weren't on the same page and we dropped the ball in the backfield, and that was frustrating as hell. So those kind of mistakes. And then Jeff's decision-making, him sitting back in the pocket and not forcing throws when he doesn't need to, um, and him not turning the ball over, uh, that's – Probably the main thing I want to see is just him not turning the ball over like he did, him making that next step and showing that he's progressing like he should be. Defensively, I just shut it down early. Don't give him a chance. Don't give him anything to get momentum or anything stupid like that. Like, get it shut down early. Um, let us get a lead and just take care of business. That's really what I want to see. All right, give me give me your score prediction and we'll we'll move on. Uh, I'm going to go something like a 42-14. I think, I think we can definitely put up that. I mean, like I, I that's said, pretty reasonable. I think it, I, I don't, I don't think we're going to be out there just lighting up the scoreboard. I mean, hell, we're still a really young team. I think we have a lot of talent, but we're young and we're still trying to get guys on the same page. So I don't know. I, I'd say around that 42 point mark is, is fair. And then given, Hopefully we have the backups in there pretty early on defense. I feel like, you know, we'll give up maybe 14, maybe 21 points. Hopefully not, but something in, you know, scrap time at the end. But, yeah, that's, that's hopefully – that's my goal. That's where I'd like to see them. I'd like to see us put around 450 yards total offense, you know, just – That's right. You just need a clean game to open up the yeah. season. That's really yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, that's what I want to see is no bullshit, you know, bunch of penalties, turning the ball over, looking sloppy. That's like, yeah, you win that game, but you come out of there going, damn, we still look, you know, like a mess. Right, you so, left a lot on the table. Yeah, I'd rather – it gives me confidence going forward if we're out there looking like a team that's well-coached, well-put-together, on the same page, all that kind of stuff. That'd give me a lot more confidence moving forward. That's kind of what I'm looking for in this game. Because, I mean, when then we have Kennesaw State turn around, which we'll get into that later, but, you know, the triple option stuff, like, I just – I would rather have, have confidence in those games, use those as confidence builders, and then turn around and play Clemson. So, I think it's important to get that confidence, especially for the team, two games in a row, go out there, put it to them, get that confidence, and and get the season going. So, Yeah, 100%. So, I guess while we're on the topic of FCS – football teams in Illinois. Jacob, tell us about, uh, what is this, Eastern Illinois? It is. It is Eastern Illinois. Um, you know, I don't know a whole bunch about this team. Honestly, didn't know they had a football <laughs> team. Yeah. Um, they're not very good. They played in the spring, and they went one and five. Um, you know, obviously not that great, especially, obviously, their competition is not very good. Um. But a little, I guess, I did a little uh, – they had their first game, I guess, this past weekend. So, I, I watched that as much as I could until I just got bored of it. Um, and just one really outstanding thing that I noticed was they're really small 
in the trenches. Um, Who they off- play? Uh, hold up. Let me see. Indiana State, and they lost. Okay. Oh, nice. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, they lost. Uh, but their offensive line, they're a small group. Uh, they average out to 290 pounds overall. Um, their right tackle was listed on their depth chart at 255 pounds. Um, so that, I mean, with our defensive line, those guys should have a pretty bad day. Uh, they had a pretty bad day against Indiana state for the, for the short time I watched that game. So I think our defensive line should be able to feast on that. Um, and then their defensive line is even smaller than their offensive line. Um, going down just from who started in their first game, I don't know if this is necessarily going to be their depth chart um, this coming weekend. Um, but their left end, 6'4", 260. Their left tackle, 6'1", 280. Their right tackle, 6'3", 240. Right defensive tackle, 240 pounds. And then their right end is 215 pounds. So they're, yeah, they're a small group of guys, especially in the trenches. Um, so that is definitely a, a solid matchup for South Carolina, seeing as though they're, you know, their strongest in the trenches probably on both sides of the ball. Um, and again, you know, their linebackers is kind of the same thing. They're just, it's, you know, it's obviously just not SEC talent, not even close. Their, their linebackers are small. Their whole team small. They have a freshman starting at QB. Um, he threw for 48% with two interceptions in their first game uh, this past weekend. Um, you know, they got one guy out wide, uh, Tyler Ringwood, who went for five receptions and 100 yards last game. Um, but they didn't really – I mean, he's he got a majority of, of the yards for him. So, um there wasn't really anything else outstanding about him, to be honest. Um, I guess looking at South Carolina, we still don't know who the starting QB is going to be. Uh, Luke Doty is, is out of his cast. He's, you know, he's been back in cleats for the past few practices. I don't know if he's going to – he probably – I don't know. I, I really don't know if he's going to play, to be honest with you. Um, so you got that, a gut feel as to who's going to go out there first for quarterback? Um, I mean – if it's not Luke Doty, it's going to be Zeb Nolan, I think. And that's obviously, for anybody that doesn't know, the graduate assistant turned maybe QB1. Um, so it's probably going to make be, a 30 for 30 about this. Yeah, it's probably going to be him. But honestly, in the, this first game, after watching them, it, I don't think it really matters who goes out under center. Um, we're probably going to run for over 300 yards. Um, and I mean, our receivers, even if our receivers are bad, they should look really good. So, I mean, in this game, this is just my opinion. You were just talking about the size of the defensive line and stuff with who y'all have it running back in your offensive line. It, it just make it to where it don't even really matter. Just kind of get by, yeah. by Luke Doty some more time to get out there. If you have to put Zeb in there, if he can turn around and hand the ball off. Yeah. You should be able to just run the ball down there. I would, I would love if Doty was was good enough to go so he can get, you know, get his feet wet for this season. I mean, he played a little bit last year, but still, I mean, he just – he needs more snaps, more actual game time snaps, as many as he can get, really. Um, yeah, but this one – I mean, this one isn't going to move the needle 
So there's That's, no need yeah. for him to rush back out there if he's yeah, not yeah, ready. yeah, exactly. If he's not if he's not ready, then don't do it because he's definitely he's definitely QB one whenever he gets back. Um, but yeah, I mean it's gonna be there's a lot of new faces, especially on defense for South Carolina. So it's gonna be really interesting to see how it all comes together, um, especially the secondary. Obviously, this team is not super prolific through the air. So the secondary might look good, which, you know, would be fine. But these games don't really t- teach you a whole lot about the team. It's just kind of a nice uh, a nice win to get the season kicked off, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I guess you got anything specific you want to see? Um, I mean, honestly, not really with, with all, with all that's new, you know, entirely new game plans on offense and defense, just tons of new players all over the place. There's so much that I want to see that there's, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to kind of pinpoint one thing, you know, I just want to see again, a clean game. I want to, you know, I don't want to see a bunch of penalties and obviously I just want to see, this team dominate a lesser opponent as they should. Right. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask, like, it's not definitely not fair to completely judge, you know, Beamer and his staff to one game like this, especially who they're playing. But what's one thing that you can use to kind of gauge at where they at in this, this whole deal? Like just, is it penalties? Is it turnovers? Like, what are you going to use to kind of feel like, okay, I feel like they're heading in the right direction or damn, well, I mean, got a long way to go. Well, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things that can happen that can make me question, you know, like if we just can't if we can't move the ball through the air on this team, it's going to be a huge, a huge problem, stuff like that. I don't really know. I mean, I want to see the receivers, I mean, running nice routes and getting open. But obviously, against this competition, it doesn't matter that much. But still, um, with all these new faces, um, just guys getting snaps, just, you know, getting out there. I don't know. I mean. Just a clean game. Just beat. Just beat these guys. They suck. <laughs> yeah. Well, then, then go ahead and give us a score prediction. Then we'll we'll move on. I had a more. I was thinking of a more modest score before I watched them play. To be honest with you, um, but genuinely, I think with with our running game and our offensive line, and I think we're gonna be able to throw the ball a little bit. I mean, no matter who's who's under center i think we can get up into like into the 50s um somewhere like 50 56 to 7 or 56 to 10 or something like that so they bad bad yeah <laughs> that's a nice way to kick off the beamer era though but just yeah just an absolute beat down yeah hopefully we see that um you know you don't want to you don't want to get out of there with like a with like a 35 to 14 win or something like that. You want to you want to have some good separation between between these two squads because there is de- definitely a talent separation. So just do what you're supposed to do and uh, get it done. I'm pretty sure the guy everyone's lining up against, they probably have 50 pounds on them. So so what's the what's the over under for sacks for Enigbari? What's my over under? Yeah, what's give us the over under? What's the baseline here? I think he gets at least two. Yeah, I'm thinking at least two, and then um, at least two tackles for loss. 
But he probably, hopefully, 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 hopefully he won't play much because that's a position we're pretty deep at. I want to see Jordan Strawn and Jordan Birch get a bunch of snaps down there because they're both pretty new guys. I mean, Jordan Birch is just a sophomore. He played a little bit last year, but, um, you know, all these guys need snaps, so. That's right. You got to break out the depth against teams like this. Exactly. This is one of the four games where all the guys that are on that red shirt bubble are they got to play. I mean, you yeah. got to have them in live action. So. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much all I got. I'm I'm going to be excited to be in Williams-Brice this weekend. Um, first time have have everyone there. I bet there's going to be a lot of people there for some reason. I have a hunch that there's going to be a lot of people there uh, this weekend. But I mean, ought to be. But, yeah. I think we're just a new coach, new season, stadiums can be full. I think – yeah. I think you'll see a lot of the games that maybe wouldn't be probably like 75, 80%, not quite a sellout. I think you'll see a lot of those games where there's there just seems to be a lot more people in the stands. At least yeah. I hope it's that yeah. way. Yeah, I think so. I'm going to be there. So, we'll see. It's going to be fun. But I guess we can we can hop over to the real featured game of the of the week, one of the featured games of the year. Um, and that's Georgia Clemson. So two of the podcast boys are already going up against each other. Davini, you want to you want to start us off with this? Yeah. Before y'all get started, I would just like to point out that I think it's total bullshit that <laughs> I've been asking for night games like every year after year, sitting in that damn hot sun, baking at these games and noon games in September. And the one time we get a night game on a bullshit game. Clemson and Georgia play at the exact same time. Yeah, us too. And now I'm going to be at the stadium, like, hopefully we're beating the shit out of Northern Illinois and I'm having to them find service in the stadium to look at the score or whatever. I don't know. It's just like, of course. I think I was talking to Sam about it. I don't know. I was like, of course. You know, the one time we actually get a night game, I'm really going to be halfway interested because I want to see what's going on with the Yeah, you are going to have to keep us updated. Dang, that sucks. Honestly, I'm going to be such a nervous wreck. There's no way I'm touching my phone until the third quarter. I'm not. I'm not touching. My, <clears throat> I'm not going to touch the whole game. No way. Right, I so text y'all. I so text neither y'all. y'all are going to update us. Cool. I don't think so. <laughs> I text y'all like when good or bad happens. That is true. That Most of the time, it's some very bad language, and y'all are like. <laughs> a minute behind on the stream or whatever. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, All right, but, but – I mean, right. How about we'll, – we'll just give you scoring points. That's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm going to keep up with it on my phone. But, anyways, this is getting off topic. Break it down for us, boys. What's going to happen? Give Sam, us a full you, rundown. Full rundown. Sam. You, I'm just piggyback off of you. I mean, to be honest with you, I feel like the teams are so similar just in, like, position areas that like where your strong points are where your weaknesses are it's just it's almost mirror images like because I feel like both teams you got a little bit of a question mark interior offensive line both teams you feel really really good about your defensive line the depth there both teams should feel really really good about who they have at linebacker um, and even depth at linebacker both of them you know the secondary is a little bit iffy I think both teams probably have some questions at receiver. Um, both teams probably feel like they're pretty damn deep at running back. So, I mean, 
on paper, it's almost it's almost a mirror image of like when Clemson has the ball, what you, can you expect? Same can be said for when Georgia has the ball. I feel like so. I think just a I mean just a couple keys for Clemson to win the game. I feel really really good about the depth we have at defensive end, but I also feel really good about the three guys that Georgia is probably going to run out of tackle. I mean, looks like Jamari Sailor, Divini, correct me if I'm wrong with this, but looks like Sailor is probably going to be the left tackle again. Schaefer started at right tackle last year and actually graded out pretty good. Um, but it looks like, like maybe when Clinton started at right guard or right tackle, he was at right tackle last year. Yeah, Schaefer's a guard. Okay, my bad then. Got them mixed up. So, yeah, so Sailor and McClendon are back. Both of those guys were really good last year. Then you got Schaefer, who's a super senior, correct? Yeah. And I'm pretty sure he started all 10 games last year or 11 games, however many y'all played. So, those three guys you got to feel pretty good about. But then you have Tate Ratledge that's coming in at the other guard spot, and then you'll either have Erickson or Cedric Van Pran at center. So I feel like for both teams, if you're going to have a, a spot on the offensive line to attack, it's got to be it's got to be the interior. So for Clemson, you got to have you got to have Brian Brissy and a healthy Tyler Davis working working off of each other. Um, we'll have Ruka Horhoro coming in, the the Nigerian boy. Um, I mean, behind him we have Trey Williams. He didn't play much last year; a little bit of a shoulder issue. Um, so those will probably be the four guys that they got to win off the line of scrimmage, to be honest with you. Because I just feel like even as good as Miles Murphy and as deep as we are at defensive end, like we're probably not going to get around the two tackles. It's probably just not going to happen. Now, um, I, let me let me say something about that. I'm That's one of my concerns, actually. Um, really? Just going in and looking at the uh, – I was able to watch um, – they played – the Georgia Cincinnati and Georgia Florida games the last couple of days on SEC network. Um, and I was just kind of watching them uh, when I was doing something else, but uh, McClendon kind of got abused a little bit in both of those games. Um, you know, obviously sometimes he did well, but there were other times where he got pushed back and I'm, I'm worried about that miles Murphy matchup. But Miles is going to be – he's going to be on the right side, so he'll be lined up over the left tackle pretty much exclusively. I think you we might they, flip it. they up. not rotate? I mean, a little bit. Um, but I think I think you'll see him almost exclusively over left tackle and then probably just a rotation of Justin Foster, Xavier Thomas, K.J. Henry, Justin Maskell. We're just going to keep pulling guys out of the deck. Yeah, so I don't exactly know where they're all going to line up, but for Murphy, he's mostly, at least last year, almost exclusively over that left tackle. Gotcha. So, and our, which, uh, the center, <laughs> I know y'all are having y'all have a brand new center this year too, don't y'all? Um, we did. I don't even know if we have it nailed down who's going to start at center yet. It's yeah. probably going to be Bockhorst, but we're. Honestly, I haven't heard anything about uh, Erickson yet. I don't know if he's going to try to play because the bad thing about his, um, it was a snapping hand. So in practice, he's been snapping with right. his left hand, working on it um, to see if he can manage it. Um, so I don't know if he's going to try to suit up on that first drive and try to see how it is or if Van Pran's going to come out there. Um, but if Van Pran does come out there, I'm going to be really worried because um, he has really? a beast looking in front of him 
That's the case with either offensive line. Yeah. I feel like it's not so much the offensive linemen are that bad. It's just that the guys in front of them are elite. Yeah. So, and so I guess assuming that Erickson can can snap and there's no snapping issues, who would you who would you rather have at center between the I'm, two of them? I'd much rather have Erickson. He's got he's got the experience. I mean, that's the only reason um, Sawyer or Sailor, however you want to say it. Um, that's the only reason he's starting at left guard and – I mean left tackle, and that's why we're not moving him to guard. Because right. those uh, – Roderick Jones and Mims, one of those guys are going to start at left tackle probably two to three games down the season because they're apparently killing him, and they don't want <laughs> – Right. It'd be different if we were playing Eastern Illinois game one. You know, he'd probably go out there and start left tackle, but – we're playing. That's what I read about us at center is that Bockhorse is probably going to start their game one because we got to have our best five. But at different points throughout the season, like we might have different guys snapping. Like it, yeah. it, it could very well change after game one because obviously then for both teams, the schedule really opens up. Um, yeah. But, you know, I think, again, I, I think one of the one of the keys for us is our, our interior defensive line has to – we got to make JT Daniels move off this spot. Because, I mean, there's such limited tape of him last year moving. Like, there's almost no throws on the run. You might can find maybe a handful in his four starts. Um, and quite frankly, he – I don't know if it was just because of the knee or what, but he was just so immobile last year that I feel like if you can get pressure up the middle, you can get it into cave. Um, and that's where I think having Brissy and Tyler Davis back healthy is – you got to have those two guys just – destroying the line of scrimmage yeah because if not I mean Georgia has so many different running backs you guys are going to throw at us I just I just really worry about it because I feel like the depth is good in the front seven but uh, you're not going to hold down Zamir White James Cook Kendall Milton I mean Dijon Mustard like you got you just got dogs that are going to rotate somebody's eventually going to pop one you know what I mean oh yeah I feel like you can't uh, control the like the line of scrimmage right where at the snap it could it could be bad for us. It re, like it really could get bad if if, if you are able to move us off the ball, which I don't think will happen consistently. But you never know. No, yeah, I feel like um, after the first drive, um, you know, if that D line of Clemson's getting a lot of pressure on JT, um, you will see a lot of you know quick RPO screen shit. Oh yeah. And that's both sides. Because like I told you the other day, I I just don't think either team's going to put together eight, 10, 12 play drives. It's just not going to happen. I mean, you're more likely to get a 40-yard chunk than you are to go eight plays for a 70-yard drive. Maybe, I mean, maybe maybe it happens, but I just just feel like you got to hammer the under in this game. I don't feel overly confident in either offense, to be quite frank with you. No, I I hope. When you, uh, I'm glad you brought up JT because one thing I want I want to see different in this game, and actually the whole year from him is not when that pressure does come or when he feels like when he tries to rush and get it out and just kind of like throwing it off the back foot and just kind of lofting it up in the air like a pop fly to center field. Um, right. You can't do that against Clemson. We did it. He did it against Cincinnati. Cincinnati should have had three picks. They had one, but they should have had three. 
He he just seemed I don't know very if remember they dropped, that game. They dropped two of them. Yeah. I mean, because he would just toss it up on one of the guys running a go route or a corner route, and then the safety would climb over, and it'd be a jump ball. So hopefully we don't see that. I'm just I'm really nervous yeah. about JT's play. So I was. I'm I'm pretty sure PFF had him as like the number one quarterback when facing the blitz last year. Yeah, you know it was crazy. Um, he the couple throws he did had when he had pressure, he did good, but it kind of it was almost more luck than skill. You know, right? Like a receiver just happened to be open, so he just hit the sidearm slot real quick, and usually it'd be Kiaris Jackson or something um, like an out route, but. Um, yeah, so it, it's it's gonna be interesting. Run game is gonna be interesting too. Yeah, I just I don't see either team running for more than about one twenty five, one thirty. I think you're gonna see both of the teams try and use the middle of the field, like just getting running backs out on little angle routes, quick stuff to them. Because even Tony Elliott said in his presser today, which is Monday, um, he basically said that. The odds of us running the ball consistently are, are low enough to where, like, the game plan has to be centered around having a lot of, like, secondary run plays, which is RPOs, throws to the sideline, you know, yeah. bubble screens, getting the running back the ball and little swing passes. I mean, because you just you just got to get the ball out of the box. Both def- both offenses, you got to get the ball out of the box to your yeah. playmakers. Yeah, you can't hold it. So, yeah. but I, so, I really do feel like with, with the – the strength of both teams being the front seven that both teams having kind of a question mark on the back end is going to be covered up a little bit. Cause I don't think you're going to see either quarterback have enough time to just consistently drop back play after play and really abuse the secondary. Cause they're just, they're just not going to be able to. So I'm, I really do feel like whoever plays the best as far as the two quarterbacks, that's probably who's going to win the game. Yeah. What are you saying? What are you trying to say, Jacob? So I was just gonna say, obviously, you know, this is a big game. We could go on about it for a while, but I just want a couple quick hitters, just two or three. If your team can do this, then you'll then you think you'll win. Just things that you need to, uh, you know, you need to execute to win the game, or give your give your team the best chance to win the game. I'll say two things. Um, Number one is pressure on DJ because um, if, he, if he has time back there, um, I feel like he can pick apart our secondary um, or in, inexperienced secondary, put it at that, except Lewis on. Um, number two, um, there's going to, you know, I know Venables watched a lot of, and Elliot watched a lot of film, probably the Alabama and uh, Florida games last year because they both put up 40-plus points on us. Wheel routes. Um, yeah, wheel routes and a lot of matchups like that. Get your tight end, slot guy on a linebacker, running back, you know. Our, our linebackers last year didn't cover well at all um, routes outside of, you know, five, six yards. Um, so, if, we, if linebackers don't, you know, come up on the run fake every time like they did last year um, – I think it's going to be a tight game. Yeah, I'll give you two. And I think, like you said, getting pressure on the other quarterback, 
that's got to be number one for both teams because you get, you have the advantage. Defensive line has the advantage on, over the offensive line, regardless of who's got the ball. So we we gotta we gotta be able to put pressure on JT Daniels because we did see a tendency to where when he's pressured, he either folds up or he just unloads, good or bad. Um, so you gotta put him in a position to make mistakes because if he's back there in the clean pocket, he I mean he's he's mechanically sound. He's going to deliver the ball. He's got a good arm. Like you, you just can't let him do that. Um, but I think for us offensively, I mean, like Divinity said, trying to get matchups and stuff, that's a big one. But I think more important for me is trying to stay ahead of the chains because when you watched us in the two games we lost last year, they were games where we couldn't run. And I have a feeling this game is going to be somewhat similar where, you know, we're probably not going to be gashing Georgia with running, you know, early down. So I feel like if you can keep yourself out of those second and 11 or, you know, third and eight and put yourself in a position where you, you can do a lot of different things, you know, RPOs, you can run it, you can throw it quick. I mean, just, just staying ahead of the chains offensively and staying on schedule is going to be a big one. Um, and then I think, I think the biggest thing for Clemson in the secondary is that you don't have George Pickens to deal with. So, I really like Curious Jackson, and I really like Jermaine Burton, but neither of those guys are like, just in the sense of size, neither of those guys are going to go up on somebody's head. Like, they're just yeah. – they're, they're, I just don't think they're going to do that. So, I think dealing with the speed of Georgia, like you're probably a little bit thinner at receiver than you'd like to be right now with no Arik, uh, no Darnell Washington out there running routes, no, no pickings. So, I feel like if you're – if you're Clemson, you have you have probably three guys. I mean, you got Kyrus Jackson, Jermaine Burton, Arian Smith. Um, I mean, I'm probably missing somebody. Um, I guess the freshman maybe. Um, but you don't have a ton of different receivers that are super super dynamic. They're all fast, but you gotta you just gotta be able to stay in front of them because we can't we can't watch the ball just get thrown over your head like Justin Fields did. Um, so I think. I think if we can do those three things, pressure JT Daniels, stay ahead of the chains, um, and and limit the the big plays from the receivers, we'll we'll put ourselves in a good position. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'll I'll go ahead and ask some questions like Davini on y'all's end, how creative do y'all think y'all have to get uh on offense when it comes to um just I mean I I feel like definitely if, if there is a weakness it's at the offensive line for right now, just with the inexperience and there's not the, the, uh, you know, fluidity there with, you know, your offensive line as a group. So do y'all think y'all have to get creative or do you think y'all can just do what you're planning on doing on offense, what you'd normally do and feel like y'all can put up enough points? That's a good question because, um, I want to bring up Munkin. Um, you know, last year we kind of expected, a little, little razzle dazzle on offense, a um, little more pass. And, you know, once we finally got JT there in those last four games, we were able to throw the ball downfield a lot more. Um, so, yeah, I think we're definitely, definitely going to have to get creative because, like Sam said earlier, <clears throat> top pass catchers out, top tight ends out. Um, offensive line, like you said, is definitely the weak point on the offense right now, those starting five, I would say three are going to be there by the end of the season. 
Um, there's going to be a lot of moving around uh, after we play Clemson, but just because it's um, top D line early, you know, you got to go with guys that have experience that you know can, you know, at least give JT two to three seconds to throw the ball. Um, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping we come out with some creative stuff. I mean, we're going to need to to meet them, absolutely. I mean, you can't just go in there and expect to run the ball 40 times for 200 yards like we did against Kentucky last year. I mean, you can't yeah. do that. you got to be able to throw the ball against teams like that. We, you know, yeah. we've seen it the past couple of years in the playoffs. If you want to yeah. win big games, you got to be able to throw the ball. Yeah. Point blank period. So our run game is really strong. Um, yeah, you know you have the back. Yeah, with the offensive line, I'm also worried about the run game. Right. Well, I mean, if like like I said, I'm, I don't think it's a weakness. I think if there's you know an uncertainty, it's on y'all's offensive line. And yeah. if we know one thing about Clemson's defense, that's for sure, is that their defensive line, their front forward, are legit. So yeah, I think I think that's an interesting aspect of this game that kind of could be the differentiating factor a little bit. Yeah, I want to. I want to just to piggyback off that for a second. I mean, you got to think Brent Venables is going to pull out all the stops. We're going to get exotic with the blitzes, different looks, personnel groupings. I mean, they're gonna we're going to show them everything because it's not like the type of game where you want to like hide what you're trying to do for three or four weeks until you actually play somebody. Like you just got to put it out on the table game one. So for Munkin, it's the same deal. You know, you're going to get their best shots. You got to. You got to sprinkle in something new, something that's not on tape from last year. And I think having JT Daniels have a whole offseason to get healthy, maybe maybe he's not quite as immobile as last year. So maybe you do move the pocket, let him throw on the run. Just little stuff like that. Yeah, I would say the biggest – I wouldn't even call it a mismatch, but the only advantage our offense has over Clemson's defense is our running backs – against their bigger linebackers that, yep. that that's probably the only thing I see um where we can win a matchup with so I'm, I'm interested to see what Munkin does with that if anything yeah because I think we'll probably try and keep Trenton Simpson on the side where he's got to cover the running backs but again if John Fitzpatrick is healthy um what's the freshman Brock Bowers yeah um you know if you have other tight ends that are capable of running routes Trenton Simpson can't cover the tight end and the running back. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe, you know, you'll you'll try and put them on a nickel, but that's that's why offensive coordinators get paid what they do, scheming up to where it's it's on somebody slow, which yeah. is definitely an issue with Spectre and, and Skowski. I feel like short area quickness in the box, they're pretty quick. But outside oh, yeah. of it, they just they don't have a chance. Yeah, so um I got to do it to y'all, but I need both y'all to give score predictions. Mm. So, earlier I said we got to hammer the under, and I still think that's – I still think that's the case. I don't I don't think either team is going to hit 30, to be honest with you. I just – I see a lot of field goals. Um, I hope BT Potter's got his leg ready. I'm thinking – I'm thinking somewhere in, like, the – 26, 24, 27, 21 type game. Both teams probably low to mid 20s. I got Clemson by a field goal. I want to take Clemson 27, 24. All right. Because you know I got to rally my squad. There's just obviously, no other way. Obviously. That's not what you have in the pick'em sheet. 
<laughs> I didn't say I feel confident about it. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I I I haven't even looked at the over under yet on it. To be honest, I've just looked at the uh, the under the dog. Um, I think it's like 56, 56 or 58, something like that. Could be wrong. I looked at it a couple days ago because the line's down to the Clemson minus three. Being being it being the first game of the season, I don't think it it's going to go one or two ways. It's going to be really ugly for either team or it's going to be a really close game. Um, so, man, I would say – like 34 28 I think it's going to be a little more than what Sam said just based off prior matchups um but then again you know who knows um you're I think yeah, the line right line. now is down to 51 and a half just in case we were curious 51 dang that's pretty low I think that's um, about right to be honest with you but when that, I saw yeah. it, it was higher than that but the line has dropped a little bit, so. Yeah, I, I would say I think there's going to be a lot of penalties just because both defensive lines are going to be going ham and the offense is going to be pulling jerseys. I mean, I think I think there's going to be holding calls all over the place. Got to see it through, my boy. <laughs> all right. Well, I uh, I guess with that, we can move on to the picks for this week. Sam, if you want to if you want to take that away. Oh, perfect. This is my favorite part of it, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, obviously, college football, we got a weird schedule this week. We got games on Thursday. We got games on Friday. We got games on Sunday and Monday. I mean, we got a, we got a pretty packed weekend, so it ought to be a lot of fun. But the first game we got here, a um, little, little group of five action, um, we got Boise State going down to Orlando to see Gus Malzahn and UCF. And UCF, UCF's a five-point favorite right here. So, yeah, uh, I guess I'll I guess I'll start it off. Um, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go UCF here. Uh, both of these teams are breaking in new coaches, right? Yeah, because Harson came from Boise State, and then Correct. Malzahn's at UCF. Um, that's kind of an interesting dynamic there, but but yeah, they're both breaking in new new head coaches. Um, I think UCF's just already has a better roster, and I think Gus Malzahn's probably going to do do a pretty decent job. So I'm going to take them. Yeah, I'm with you. I think I think UCF is probably the better team. Boise State has a pretty good quarterback, Hank Bachmeyer, but to be honest with you, like you said, UCF I feel like they probably have a better quarterback with Dylan Gabriel. They brought in what two or three Auburn transfers. Yeah. So I mean, they got Big Cat, and they got uh, <laughs> what is his name? Did they get Anthony Schwartz too? I don't I think so. About that, I want to no, say they got a couple more Auburn players. It's one of their receivers, I thought. I was pretty sure it was one of their receivers. It may not be Schwartz. Cut that out if it's not him. We'll we'll have to look it up. <laughs> but anyway, UCF got some pretty big time transfers, and I I just have more faith in Gus Malzahn. All right, um, I'm going to go UCF, too, uh, because Boise State has a brand-new coaching staff. UCF does, too, but like Jacob said, I feel like they're more talented. 
Yeah, I'm going to go with UCF. I watched them play last year. Obviously, they probably won't be as as fast as they were last year um, with now having Gus. But Dylan Gabriel, I still think, is a pretty damn good quarterback. He's pretty accurate, and he can he can throw it around. So I feel like uh, with Boise State breaking in a new coach and stuff, I feel like UCF's definitely sitting in a better place at the moment. So taking UCF. Great pick. Love the consensus there, guys. Yeah. Um, so speaking of consensus, we got – this is another Thursday night game. Uh, we got Ohio State going up to Minnesota to see P.J. Fleck. Um, right now, Ohio State's a two-touchdown favorite. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably about right. Ohio State's got a lot of well, – I don't know about a lot of new faces necessarily, but a big new, new face. New faces in key positions. A big yeah. new face, especially – Definitely for, fair to say new faces. Yeah, new yeah. Yeah, especially at quarterback, lost to Justin Fields. I think they announced C.J. Stroud. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, it'll be his first time getting – well, not his first time getting action, but, you know, first time starting. He's never thrown a pass, though, believe really? it or not. Yeah, no yeah, quarterback yeah, on Ohio State's roster has ever thrown a pass as a college quarterback. Zero oh, tips. Okay, well, that's interesting. How crazy I, is that? He's got a couple rushing touchdowns, though. Wow, that's kind of interesting. He never threw a pass, but yeah, I mean, they Ohio State still has two really good receivers. Well, probably even more really good receivers, but two especially good ones in uh, Alave and and what's his face, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, and they got Smith and Jigba. They got Julian yeah. Fleming, former five star. I mean, yeah. hell, their entire receiver room is five stars. Yeah, so I mean, their their roster just loaded. They're, I mean, CJ Stroud could come in and play average, and they'd still probably cover that two touchdown mark there so definitely Ohio State yeah I feel like this is the equivalent of like when Bama plays like I don't know Mississippi State or something like I feel like there's really no doubt that Ohio State's gonna win this game I feel like it's just a matter of like in the second half do they pour it on or like do they look a little bit sloppy on offense Minnesota hangs around like yep yeah, I feel like, like a 35-21 score or something like yeah. that, or do you get like a 42-7, 42-14 or something? You know, where there's right. just never and it a could, question. It could just as easily go either way. Right. Like Ohio State could could put up 50 on them, or they they might score 30. Like you just, yeah. I don't really know what to expect from Ohio State. Yeah, but I know that they're gonna win, or at least I feel like they're gonna win pretty handily. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm taking Ohio State as well. Um, I think Fleck had a good thing going up there in Minnesota for a little bit, but I kind of feel like they've hit that that ceiling, if you will. So I, I'm just going to go with Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, they did lose a lot. You got to think Rashad Bateman's gone, their top playmaker. Yeah. I think Mo Ibrahim's back at running back, so that's that's a big deal. But a couple defensive starters out, I don't know. I, I just – I don't have a good feeling for Minnesota, to be honest with you, for the whole year. Yeah. Yeah, Ohio State. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> y'all say y'all said everything. Love it. Uh, so, so next game. This is a this is a little Friday Night Lights action. Um, we got a little ACC opener here. Uh, we got UNC going to Blacksburg to play Virginia Tech. Uh, currently, UNC is a five and a half point favorite, which seems incredibly low. But then you look at all the players they lost offensively. You lose your top receiver your top two rushers. I think it's something like 71% of their total yardage on offense is gone now. Um, but, I mean, when you got Sam Howell against Virginia Tech, somebody named Virginia Tech starting quarterback. Does anybody know? 
Nope. It's probably Braxton Burmeister, and that's my point. Like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, Sam Howell. Yeah, give me give me UNC by by like two touchdowns. Yeah, no, yeah. I, f- I feel the I'm- same way. Um, <laughs> my bad, Sid. I feel the same way. Uh, UNC oh, they, they lost a lot of players, and there's gonna be a, have they're gonna have to have a lot of guys step up in those positions. I don't really know a whole lot about Virginia Tech, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, I mean the spread's really close. Interesting, interestingly enough. Uh, but I'm going UNC. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like bet on Sam Howell until he proves you otherwise. Yeah, I think I think currently Sam Howell is really close to being the top quarterback in this league. Um, obviously, they lose a lot of production from last year, but I really like Josh Downs. Um, oh yeah, I, um, I I feel like he's a real weapon for them. And my prediction is that there's two teams in the ACC that are really going to fall hard on their face and it's Virginia Tech and Miami. And I think Fuente could really kind of find himself on the, the outs at the end of the year. If he's not careful, um, I don't think they're going to be that good. So I'm definitely going with UNC in this one. Yep. UNC. Nice. Love the analysis from the yes, beginning here. Just really lighten it up. I'm saving the time. Um, <laughs> so, so I think this is a noon game on Saturday. I think this is like the uh, Fox big noon game or whatever. Um, but a couple yep. of top 20 teams, Penn State, who I think ought to be pretty good, returning their quarterback. Most of their offense is back, frankly. Um, top receiver, Jahan Dotson's back. Then you got them playing Wisconsin, who's a team that a lot of people think is like fringe playoff type caliber. Um, Fun fact, Ches Malusi, who is the number three back on Clemson's team, starting. Year, transferred there. He was named a starter today, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but Graham Mertz went off for the first couple games, got COVID, came back, was trash. Um, you know, I, I feel like I feel like with both of these teams, they they they're super Jekyll and Hyde. Like they could either go like ten and two or six and six. I really just don't know how to pick it. But Wisconsin's a five and a half point favorite. And they're at home. And I just I just don't really care for James Franklin. Don't ask me why. I don't really have a reason. So I'm going with Wisconsin. Yeah, I'm this game is interesting because I'm uh I'm really not sure. Penn State, I'm 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 just not sure about Penn State. Just just overall. I don't know I'm what, never sure what about more to Penn say State. about that. Um Wisconsin, like I mean, you broke him down pretty well. Graham Mertz is coming back, but I mean, he wasn't super consistent. So picking either of these teams, I mean, neither of them give me confidence. I'm gonna go with Wisconsin, but there is a little bit of me that thinks Penn State might win this game. But I'm sticking. Yeah, this is kind of tough for me. I, I did, I didn't really know where to go with. Um, I really just kind of going with with um, Wisconsin because of Graham Mertz. I think Jalen Berger is actually a pretty decent running back. I think he's pretty good. And then, uh, like Sam mentioned, Ches Malusi back there behind him. So that would be interesting to see. Uh, but, I again, it's really just my lack of confidence in Penn State here. So I'm going with Wisconsin. I'm going Penn State, boys. Okay. 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 Change it here up. Here we go. Solely off look. the fact that – I picked Wisconsin in like three games I remember last year, and they lost every single one. So, um, yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. 
Remember, yeah. I went Penn State. Even though last year they opened up and were poo-poo, stinky. Um, yeah, they got they got hammered by Indiana, came back and lost overtime. Yeah. And so, what were they ranked, like number four or something? Stupid? They were, yeah, they were top ten. Um, oh, boy. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Penn State. I respect it, trying to gain some points on us. So, next game we got is kind of – it's probably the most random game I put on this list. Um, so, we got Stanford going to the Little Apple, Manhattan, Kansas to play K-State. Um, the line on this one is K-State by two and a half. Now, I don't think I know anything about either of these teams other than that Kansas State has Deuce Vaughn, and I'm going to ride with Deuce Vaughn regardless. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's – that's pretty much all I got, too. I don't really know anything about Stanford or Kansas State, except for exactly what you said. So, just echoing after you, going K-State. Yeah, I'll keep it simple. Like, depending on K-State, I, I don't know enough to give informed analysis here. I just think Kansas State is probably the better team. This is why people listen to this show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, um, I think I'm going to go Stanford here, boys. It's going just because don't know anything <laughs> that y'all don't I like it based on just because anything can happen I mean after all dude it is Kansas State the fact that they're favored should really scare me away from it but and it's the know. first week you never know what's going to happen in week one hey the only time you can like 100% guarantee Kansas State's going to win is when they're playing Oklahoma so I mean don't tell Connor that Connor if you're listening Sid didn't mean that we're sorry I don't mean that as throwing shade. It's just for whatever reason, Kansas State plays really good when they play Oklahoma. Yeah, they know yeah. something that the rest of college football doesn't know. Yeah, Texas needs to start asking Kansas State what they know. <laughs> so moving on to probably the the game that I'm least excited to pick is Bama versus Miami. Um, one one team has Nick Saban. One team doesn't. <laughs> and I think that's all that needs to be said. Uh, yeah. Uh, Bama by three or four touchdowns. A million. A million Y'all touchdowns. remember when Bama played Louisville and they tried to hype it up as like it was going to be a good game? <laughs> like, this is that. Yeah. 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 I know, Miami, I know a Miami fan that's – he's optimistic about it and I'm, I don't know what he's – He's smoking or whatever he's ingesting, but I just want to tell him, buddy, be prepared. It's he's probably just bad. excited to break out that brand new pair of Nike shocks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, you know who I'm talking about. He's definitely wearing Nike shocks to the game. Matt, if you're listening, sorry, not sorry. Moving on. Um, so this is another this is another really good game in the Big Ten. We got Indiana and Iowa. Iowa's the home team here, favored by three and a half. Iowa has arguably the best offensive line in the country. Um, their center, without a doubt, best center in the country. What's his name? Tyler Lindbaum or something like that. Yeah. Really, really good. Have no idea what they've got defensively. So I don't really know why they're favored in this game, as Indiana has Michael Penis coming back. Um, that was with an X. Um <laughs> And they also they also have Ty Freifogel. I mean, there's there's a lot to like about Indiana. So I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna ride with Indiana. 
no, I agree with that 100%. Uh, Michael Penix with an X is coming off his ACL. Um, he's expected to start. So I'm going to ride with them. They've got a lot of weapons outside. So we're, I'm just going to ride with Indiana. Yeah, I'm going against that. I'm going with Iowa. I think uh, I was just – I think they're going to be a decent team. They're favored. And I'm going to take Iowa with a slow start from Michael Penix with an X. And um, slow start after that injury. So I'm going to go Iowa. I don't know what to do. Because <laughs> um, I don't know what to do. <laughs> The expert analysis here today has just been <laughs> unbelievable. Um, hey, we gotta we gotta have time to to get back in the game of it. We're not we're, we're not Big Ten guys, all right. Um, yeah, we watch real football. <laughs> hey, what do you think our analysis would have been like on Week Zero games? I'm glad we didn't even attempt that. Yeah, dude. The scary thing was, is I 100 percent would have picked Nebraska. 100. percent Me oh, too. Probably. Why? What do you mean? Why? They're terrible. The other the other team has a quarterback named Arter. <laughs> well, not to start the game, but well, that's true. That's true. See, the other guy wasn't even out there long enough for me to learn his name. Arter. All right, Divinity. Did you say I'm going to go Iowa as well? I'm going right, to go Iowa. Two Iowas, like two Indianas. Man. All right, go go Hawkeyes, go Hawkeyes, but not really. So next game, uh, we got the Steve Sarkeesian era. Starting over there in Austin, Texas, uh, probably the highest homeless population in the country behind San Francisco. A great place. Um, <laughs> and they're playing Louisiana. So we all know Louisiana was really good last year. Um, but I just, for some reason, I just have a feeling that Texas is going to Texas this game really hard. Like really hard. I mean, Louisiana beat, who they beat last year? Iowa State, first game of the year when they were ranked. Um I don't remember. I just got a bad feeling for Texas. Like, this That'd is one a... of those games where ESPN hypes up Texas where it's like, oh, yeah, Sarkeesian's going to the playoff. Like, they're starting a true freshman, Hudson Card, who played none last year um, from what the internet tells me. Um, the internet I don't know. I just right. – I, again, I just got a bad feeling for Texas. This is one of the games that they just – they just – they're going to clips in this game. They're going to lose it. That'd be a hell of a way for – Texas to introduce themselves to the SEC, like, hey, don't worry, we're coming. Yeah. <laughs> what pal, Louisiana? Just, I like, yikes. yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I mean, Louisiana's ranked. I'm going yeah. with Texas, but yeah, I don't, I don't trust Louisiana enough. They, I watched a few games of them last year, and I don't know, they're, they, they, I feel like all their games were just stayed close and. Texas does have some good talent. Uh, I think what's his name, Bijan Edwards, or no, uh, Bij- what's his Robinson. name, Bijan Robinson. I got Dijon Edwards from Georgia, and him mixed mixed together right there. But yeah, anyways, him. I think he's gonna go off. Um, give me Texas. I'm robbing Texas as well. I've, I mean, Sarkeesian's there now. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm already, he, did, he didn't bring Devontae Smith with him though I don't the, think the rest of my the rest of my picks are either going to go really well or really bad so um yeah well that's really the only option so, they have to go so yeah you either win or lose <laughs> can be a really good week or it can be a really bad week just because I have different I mean, luckily different we ones. have 
I mean, most of the games we have that are – well, I take that back. Davini, you started going left pretty quick there. Um, That's what I'm saying. I'm so, going to be at the bottom or I'm going to be at the top. Well, we still got to risk it for the biscuits sometimes. Boys. You already know who well, I'm on. Yep. Um, so, I hear there's a football game in Charlotte this weekend. Um, that's about all I know about it. Um, so, Clemson and Georgia. Right now, Clemson's a three-point favorite. Uh, Clemson's technically the home team. Um, this is this game's going to be crazy. So, I mean, I already gave you my pick, 27-24 yeah, Tigers. Y'all, yeah, y'all already gave picks, obviously. But me and Sid haven't. I hate both these teams. Um, I wish they could both lose, personally. Um, but only one can lose, and only one can win. And the winner is hopefully going to be Georgia. That's my pick, Georgia. The fact that you just said hopefully Georgia wins makes me sick. Does yeah. that not make your stomach hurt a little bit? Yeah, no, I threw up in my mouth a little bit, but <laughs> I could. I don't that's, think I that's could to see it through, did. my boy. I don't think I could ever formulate those words, but um, I can't even fathom thinking. Of, I'm just thinking about that right now. It kind of makes me sick just saying that. But um, that's how Jacob is trying to pick Clemson. Yeah, I can't do that with. Even Kyle's. if he thought they were going to win, he just he probably couldn't stomach it. Do it, Jacob. Do it. Well, I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Clemson as of recent, but I mean, obviously, I can, I can swallow that pill and, and pull for them at any time of the day when it comes to playing Georgia. So, uh, even even with that, I mean, this is a tough game to pick, but I, I'm gonna go with Clemson just based off of what I brought up earlier about the defensive line and kind of that offensive unit. I think y'all's offense will be really good, Davini. I just think it might take a little bit of time to get that offensive line worked out, get a cohesive unit playing, and it's tough right out of the so, gate to play probably the best defensive line in the country. So so since y'all made us give score predictions, I I need I need a I need some scores from y'all too. I'm going 35-28 Clemson. I was okay. thinking something like 31-27 Georgia. Yeah. I think I think any of that's realistic. I've seen some people picking this game like seventeen to ten. I'm like, dude, I was also I was also There's thinking no way. I was I also thought about something like twenty four twenty one. But I think I think the offenses are gonna click enough to get put some points on the board. But, There's too uh, many athletes on the field for both teams to not score that amount of points, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. But yeah, hey, there are the picks. Just, I guess, just like last season, of course, we'll keep updating anyone who's out there listening. Take those, take those, take those picks and take that analysis to the bank. Yeah, go take, ahead and lock that. Yeah, in, take so. that shit to the to the bank, and you're gonna make some money. I, I can promise you that. All right. So actually, so before we get off here, I want to do one last thing. Okay, I want everybody to say one nice thing about Scott Frost. Ah. I don't have oh. the facilities for that, big man. <laughs> he he has a cool last name. Nice. All right. Somebody else. See, I don't even think his name's cool. Shit. <laughs> um, dude, I can't even. I, did you see the shirt he was wearing this past week? That shit would look like it was from like oh, 2007. It, was it looked like it was around like 2007. Sid, like something a nice. Starters. 
Something nice. And he also, while we're on um, the shirt, dude, he had on long sleeves. They're playing on turf. It was like 105 degrees on the field. He's an idiot. Sam, you're the one that asked the question. You're going against it right now. Um, uh, he did He did a good job at UCF. Uh, and then finagled yeah, I, his way. He did. He did. He finagled his way into a, a, a big, big boy job, and it's not going so well. But he did a really good job at UCF. Yeah, yeah right. mine was gonna say he was a uh, a good uh, quarterback for the Huskers back in fucking forty five. Yeah, but who gives a shit? I mean, he's he just he saying sucks something nice. now. Saying, okay, all right. Well, that's the only good thing I got for him. So. There you go. Does anybody have any other closing remarks? Uh, let's everybody Actually, say one nice thing about Kirby Smart. I got besides I got, me, I can't do that. I got something. His special teams coordinator is a really good coach, or his new special teams coordinator, Will Muschamp. Uh, I think they're both assholes. Why do you say assholes? Just because they're assholes. I don't know. Just because you ain't asshats. All right, we're, we're getting we're getting we're getting way way off topic here. All right, let me let me throw let me throw a cool little stat in before we end the segment. Uh, Dude, right. Y'all didn't even let me say my nice thing about uh freaking Scott Frost. Say it say then. It. Say it. Um, he has more national championships than Georgia does. <laughs> How many does he have? Well, I guess they're tied technically. So since Pearl Harbor, he has he has as many as Georgia does. How many does he have? He's got one, dog. They they beat Auburn in the national championship. Bro. Yeah, you don't remember that? Dude, where were you in 2017? <laughs> <laughs> all right, Davini. All right, stats with Um, Our new segment. So, some guy did a uh, thing over um, top five teams and the quarterbacks the past four years. Right. Um, so the average draft position for a winning quarterback in college football games between top five teams over the last four years is the 25th overall pick. That's the average for the winning team. For the losing team, the average is 93rd overall pick. So you can take the outliers out. The winning quarterback is picked 10th overall on average, and the losing quarterback is picked 62nd overall. And only That's one time, like top five games. Yes, and only one time in the last four years has a future first round QB been been defeated by a future non first round QB, and y'all know who it was. Jake Fromm over Baker. Over Baker. Wow. Wow. Crazy. I didn't know. I didn't know where you were now. going with that stat for a minute. I was confused. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm saying uh, whoever yeah, had me it's a good stat, whoever wins this game is probably the better quarterback. You had me in the first half. I'm not gonna lie. Well, I mean, I would tend to agree with that. Um and that's yeah, that really I mean supports that statement. But what yeah. if they both go in the first? All right, whatever. It it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anyways, if you're still listening to this uh nonsense, then thank you. Um but yeah, we'll uh we'll see you next week. Uh peace out.